going on, guys? Zach from Rising Legends Podcast here, and welcome to episode 138 of the Young Lions Perspective. So glad to have you guys here with me on this Friday evening, and I know this is going to be super fucking late, and I do apologize for that, but I did have to finish watching NXT and had to do a couple of things. But other than that, I hope you're enjoying your day, your night, your afternoon, and your evening, wherever you may be, wherever you are in the world. Thank you guys so much for checking out this episode of the podcast, and as always, I greatly and truly appreciate it. And y'all know it's NXT Love Hate. Take a sip of sparkling water before we get into this because we got a lot to talk about. And what we have to talk about, which is going to be the first good, I'm going to go off the bat. that NXT literally has just had the best month of this year. Without question. Undisputed, if you will. That NXT has had the best month they have had all year. Given Even, even with the fact that they had TakeOver War Games and then be a part of Survivor Series. Same weekend. And capping off the month with a damn good episode of NXT. We're not even going to talk about... There wasn't much anything to be mad about. For those of you who checked out my IG story, I talked about uh, what I hated and what I loved about the show. And to be truthfully honest, this this was their worst show. Not NXT, the AEWs. Um, besides the main event, the women's tag match, and the you know, Champion Celebration, which was hilarious. Oh my fucking god, it was great. It was such a, oh my god. Other than that, though, there was nothing to write home about for AEW Dynamite. The rest of it felt like Monday Night Raw. It really did. NXT made it much easier to enjoy. And even if AEW brought their best, I would have, I, I thought, I would easily think NXT had the better show this week. Just, just how I see it. NXP, NXT literally put on a wonderful display for us on uh, Wednesday. And then, ca- and that's how they capped off the month of November? That's, I mean, throughout this entire build through Survivor Series and getting out of the month now. Heading in towards the next chapter, of course, being on the road to Portland and, you know, take over. NXT literally hit full stride. They are doing what main roster should be doing. Capping off the month with what was pretty much a good survive, a decent, pretty solid Survivor Series and a great NXT TakeOver War Games. Fucking amazing. That's what it should be for all three brands. Then getting into December and going into their, the of course TLC, and then NXT just you know going through their month of shows. This was just a really really great month for the Black and Gold brand. I mean, just everything they built 
and then now where we are now going into December NXT just really has their ducks in a row and they're already going into their next set of tapings or no next set of tapings when smack my hand real quick for that more their next pretty much month month or two they already have planned probably it's gonna be great we're all gonna love it and and there's so much now to tell going forward now we have the next chapter going forward and that's what nxt is all about they're already prepared for the next month easy they'll go through january through worlds collide and then we'll get take over portland in uh february and it's gonna kill, and they're gonna fucking kill it, and it's gonna be great, and I'm gonna love every fucking second of it. So now, what do we look forward to for at least the next two months? A damn good amount, if I say so myself. Besides that, besides NXT capping off the, their best month ever. Probably ever in 2019 and 2019 and even before that. The main event scene in NXT right now is so intertwined and fan fucking tastic all at the same time. You have the Undisputed Era, pretty much the hottest team stable going in WWE right now, period. They absolutely have uh, upgraded, you know, Finn Balor, Tommaso Ciampa, Matt Riddle, Johnny Gargano, Matt Riddle, Keith Lee, Dominic Dajakovic, Roddy, Velveteen when he comes back. It's fucking fantastic how the main event and mid-card scenes can just easily intertwine and we get such damn good matches out of it. It just works. I mean, the main events, the in terms of the main event scene, it's probably gonna pretty much circle around Balor, Champa, and uh, Cole for a little while. If I had it my way, take over Portland, and I'm just spitballing here, you know making no bull predictions or anything just throw something out there I would like given that we have two months until Portland again it's gonna circle around Balor, Cole, and Champa. at least for the time being I think until we get to Tampa for takeover Tampa Once they get Johnny, once they bring Johnny back into the fold, I think with Portland, it always, of course, it'll it'll set up for Tampa. I wouldn't not, I would not mind seeing Balor Cole Champa for the NXT Championship at Takeover Portland, leading into Takeover Tampa for WrestleMania weekend. Champa Cole Balor Gargano.
WrestleMania weekend, Balor Gargano. We all, I mean, all roads are going to lead to Balor Gargano anyway. All roads lead to Cole losing the championship sooner, not sooner rather than later, but soon. Everything is set it up for setting up for Portland right now. Once we hit January, full speed ahead. This month sets up for Portland. And I would not mind seeing that triple threat for the NXT Championship in Portland. I don't know what's going on with Velveteen Dream. And we're going to actually do that right now on the fly. Because for some reason, I was told he was injured. Most recent from the fifth. Okay. Uh, forgive me for the silence. So from Wrestling Inc., it states that he has legitimate back pain and he will, he will be out of action for a few months, which will likely put him back in action in late 2019 or the 1st of 2020. Perfect. Absolutely perfect. Because then you give me Roddy Velveteen. Or Roddy Keith Lee. If they haven't done Strong Riddle, they should do that too. Dajakovic should get a shot at the North American title. All roads lead, will lead to Roddy versus Velveteen. Velveteen's got to come back soon. Go after the Undisputed Era. But looking ahead, it... Man, their main event and mid card make this shit strong. And all eyes will now be focused on NXT going into Portland. Now that's going to be a standalone due to the fact that Vince McMahon took it off of uh, Houston for the Royal Rumble in uh, late January. That's perfect. Just once, and even when Velvet, even before Velveteen Dream comes back, it's it's already strong. What NXT has going on right now with their main event and their mid card is fan fucking tastic. And the fact that it give has been given opportunities for Lee, Dijakovic, Riddle, fucking fantastic. Gets him a lot of experience with, you know, top guys, you know, and Damian Priest and Killian Dane and Pete Dunn. I mean, this, I mean, they have a strong foundation.
And that's something I can appreciate, I enjoy, and it gives me good content. Quality programming is what NXT strives for, and they give it to us most of the time, every single week. It's an above average score, at least. I, for the life of me, enjoy when you're not misusing your mid-card. The mid-card is your foundation for the main event. And they have a strong mid-card, and that just makes it fucking better. The opening promo for NXT was really good. You know, NXT celebrating the fact that they, they won Survivor Series. You know, Josiah Williams is, you know, leading with his rat. You know, whatever he doing. It was fire. And then the Undisputed Era just comes out to be the anti-fun police. And Adam Cole just says, for the love of God, what do you think you guys are doing? Celebrating like you did something. The only reason NXT was successful was because of the Undisputed Era. Everyone else did nothing. So please shut up. We are the champions. You should be thanking us. And of course, we are NXT. And then uh, Cole goes on to say, we're not NXT. You're not NXT. The Undisputed Era is NXT. It is because of us that we won. We we dominated War Games at Survivor Series, and we're just getting started. We're the Iron Man of this brand. While a bunch of you guys would love to have the night off, kick up your feet, we're going to successfully defend their, the NXT Tag Team Championships because that's just what we do. That was fucking fantastic. Champa coming out saying, you know, for four boys who got whooped, you sure seem confident. He feels like everyone else sees the truth except for you, except for the Undisputed Era. And he, you know, says that, you know, the beginning of the end for the era. You have all the gold now, but the collapse continues and continues with Dijakovic and Lee for the tag titles. And Champa proclaims that he's going to go after Cole for the NXT Championship. Out comes Balor. And then we get Balor Champa for the night. And now Champa's going after Goldie. Poof. The tag title match was damn good. I enjoyed it. I thoroughly enjoyed it. The one thing that did suck, though, is that that spot when Keith Lee threw uh, Bobby Fish over the top of the ropes uh, down onto the floor onto Kyle O'Reilly and he hurt his face. Um, I wish him well. Hopefully it's not a major injury to the face region because he could be out for a while with that. And that might, might mess up plans for everybody. But the fact that Roddy stepped up to defend the championships, that's that's a good call. That was a good booking decision. Again, going back to what I said about the mid-card of NXT. 
Leon Dijakovic teaming up, you know, after winning war games, after what they went through, and now having a, a level of respect for each other after four matches. And they, you know, they put all, all, all of them put on a good match. I thoroughly enjoyed watching Keith Lee just do work in the ring. I do. You know, the Adam Cole pounce was hilarious. <laughs> for Cole to, for Cole to want to do that, I, I mean, that's points. That that's a thumbs up from yours truly. I mean, that is hilarious. And then send him like kept crashing into like the third row. Oh my god. That was wonderful. I mean, Undisputed Era does retain. But it's really good to see, you know, this kind of match to open up that show. Now getting into the women's side for a little bit. Dakota Kai. I like what they're doing so far. New Titan Tron, new music, new look, new gear. It's different. I like it. This was an even better heel turn than Io Shirai this year. And Io Shirai's heel turn was fan fucking tastic. But I think maybe because of the fact that it was at War Games, it was at a takeover. Whereas EOS was on NXT TV over the summer, which was, oh my God. <laughs> Excuse me. The fact that, you know, they got Candice LeRae versus Dakota Kai, that was a good touch. Because they are, they are friends. And now she turns on Tegan, who was part of the sisterhood. little triumvirate sisterhood you know and when you fuck that up apparently Candace LeRae referring to herself as Tegan Knox's pissed off big sister is about to get it in you know they were on the road you know the road together team together at live events and then Kai just turns on Tegan. Like I said, at you know the, the good, the bad, and the ugly that was a uh, Survivor Series weekend. And if you haven't checked that episode out yet, check that out already live. Thank you for those who checked it out. I said on the good, the bad, and the ugly that was Survivor Series weekend. This is gonna be a big deal for Kai. Again, I wasn't expecting her to turn heel. But they did it very well. Now adding little, you know, changing up everything. And her coming out with Tegan Knox's knee brace. My God. Seriously, if you do not have Dakota Kai versus Tegan Knox at Portland, they're doing it wrong. 
But we know they're going to do Dakota Kai versus Tegan Knox at Portland. Because they do it right. And that's going to be a fun match when we get there. Candice LeRae, you know, in that moment, shocked that Dakota Kai would do such a thing to a good friend. And the way they did this match was proper. You know, this the match up to when Dakota Kai got herself disqualified. This was a good, really fun match to watch. You know, we brought, you know, Dakota brought back the chiropractor. That's a, and that's a freaking great move. You know, a lot of kicks. They really wanted to put a little more, you know, tender loving care into this one. Given the fact that it is Dakota Kai's heel turn. They did the same thing they did with Io Shirai when she first started, you know, getting into her heel gimmick. And then they amped it up to like 13. Because immediately you have Candice LeRae pissed off at her now former best friend. Adds a little a little bit more spice. Another layer to the cake. And Dakota Kai as a heel. And for some reason, I just thought of this. And this is probably like the most left thing I could probably think of. Like, just, I'm, I'm probably reaching. But I think it needs to be said. At some point, Shayna Baszler is going to lose the NXT Women's Championship. Whether to be Rhea, Lip, Rhea Ripley or someone else. Maybe they're shaping up Dakota Kai to be a top heel. Maybe. I'm spitballing. I'm literally throw, just throwing the noodle at the wall and seeing if it sticks. But this heel turn... goes much deeper than just a regular a regular feud this is best friends and I'm sure after you know Dakota Kai smacked the shit out of freaking Candice LeRae with the knee brace of Tegan Knox, shit's gonna get interesting I mean the look of her heel self and her baby face self is night and day and NXT does a very good job of that. You know, they want it to be completely different than what the person used to be prior to the turn. I love a good heel. And on first reaction, Dakota Kai has now has a look for a heel. And she wears it well. It's one thing to have the outfit looking good, but when you when you you know when you're, and that's just regular, you know, daily daily life. When you look good, you feel good, feel good, do good. But when it comes to not only rocking the outfit, but then portraying the gimmick of a heel and making people believe in it, especially with what happened about a few days ago. Yeah, I think Dakota Kai's. It's safe to say Dakota Kai's going to make this one work. 
especially now that she, that what doing what she did to get herself disqualified leads to another match with Candice LeRae. Because again, all roads lead to Kai versus Knox. If it's at Portland, cool. If it's at Tampa, even better. If it's on a takeover, I'm always happy for that. And that's why I say the NXT women's division is the best women's division of all of professional wrestling, hands down. With the writing team behind them, the creativity of Triple H, and then the women going out there and kicking ass like that and making it fun. And think of it this way. We have literally two separate feuds within the women's division right now. And I'm going to get to it right now. Shayna, Rhea. Dakota, Tegan, Candace. But I, more, more so Kai versus Tegan and Candace. Sue me. Um, you have two major feuds going on. And they're, and they're having the wonderful balancing act of doing, doing right by both feuds. I mean, the whole Knox, Kai, Larray feud is just get, getting started. And Shayna Rhea just started up again. We'll let you hear the hear the goodness. That is Shop Right Clear Delight. Not sponsored, sponsor me. <laughs> Why the hell not? I love the fact that I just love the fact that we have two separate two separate rivalries within a division. Whereas main roster doesn't get it right whatsoever with their women's divisions on Raw or SmackDown, and I've been saying it for the longest time. Now merge the fucking divisions together and create primary and secondary feuds, and maybe I'll start believing in your shit. NXT does that and they didn't have to merge a goddamn thing they have Shayna and Rhea Dakota Tegan's Candice and even if you want to go with a third Zia Lee Vanessa Bourne Aaliyah three weird three rivalries within a division why the hell not and on top of that, with the PC, you have Santana Garrett, Andy Hartwell, Shotzi Blackheart, Rachel Evers, Chelsea Green, Deanna Peraza, MJ Jenkins. You know, I mean, you got talent. And they're just building it up. That division is not going to stop. Churning out great talent. The choices they made especially with the PC talent over the past, I'd say several months have been solid choices. The women's division is not playing around. They're not playing around with this. Shayna Rhea is going to be a, I said it before, once it becomes a full-fledged feud for the championship, there's no stopping it. You've already rolled the snowball down the hill. Let's just see how big the snowball gets before it crashes in town. It's that kind of snowball effect. Now that we've gotten past war games, 
we can now focus on Shayna Rhea. And a lot of people are going to be saying Rhea's taking that championship. I'm thinking it. I still have to choose Shayna. I stand by my word. Until she drops the title. The Cruiserweight Championship, a lot of people were saying this was a, real, this was a fun matchup. What I enjoyed prior to that was just seeing after Garza beat Scott at TakeOver War Games kickoff, Leo Rush literally smacked the ever-loving taste out of that man's mouth. For real. Smacked the shit out of him. Straight. Put a little English on it. <laughs> Laid him out when you, after he just finished the matchup. And then had to face Akira Tozawa on Wednesday for the championship, for the Cruiserweight title. Again, Tozawa and Leo Rush put on a wonderful Cruiserweight championship match. And the great thing about the Cruiserweight division on NXT is that they don't fiddle around with it. They, they're they doing it how, there's, how the, the Cruiserweight division should be showcased. Again, I'm an advocate for the Cruiserweight division. I love the Cruiserweight division. Very, very simple. This match was just. I, I wish. Why don't we just. Can we just put back Akira Tozawa in NXT? And let him be like. With Raw's version of Kushida. For a little bit. I just enjoy the fact that. You know, with Leo Rush's champion right now, and I'm not mad at it any bit. I'm a fan of Leo Rush. Not a fan of what he said a couple years ago. Cause that was because he's stupid. And he knows that. He effed up. He effed up. Got back in the good graces and now he's cruising with champion. That's not bad. Matt Riddle did a little oopsie on the on the Twitter machine and look where it got him for a little bit. And then he came back in and he's doing well for himself now. He knows better. Leo Rush now knows better. And now look where he's at. NXT Cruiserweight Champion. I love the I love saying that. NXT Cruiserweight Champion. I enjoy the fact that Leo Rush is champion right now. Immediately came back. And it is, uh, and the one thing I need, I would want to see is just more cruiserweights. I, don't, I understand, you know, they gotta get through things every week, but I do like what they're doing with Leo. Now, do I think Garza and Rush may come around once again? Maybe, maybe. But they've really had a fantastic match for the Cruiserweight Championship. I'm not even mad at it one bit. They had fun with this. They had a lot of fun with this. And if that's the end with Garza, after giving them the, the straight up smack of a lifetime, Pretty much telling him, don't take, don't do pants off, dance off in front of my woman and shit. Cause he did do pants off, dance off in front of his woman. I think his kids. And <laughs> I'm not a parent by any means. Not at all. 
but I kind of think that's just the thing. I don't know if the kids was there and then they saw pants off, dance off. I don't know what they thought. Maybe they laughed at it. It was like, ah, he wearing underwear and shit. Or it was just creep weirded out and shit. Like, what the fuck he doing? He just had pants on. Now he's got underoos and shit. I don't even wear that kind of under. I'm, I'm getting way too into it. Anywho. If we bring back Akira Tozawa to NXT, I think he would be benefited off that. Because on Raw, he ain't shit. I don't see him. I don't see Raw. So I don't even know if he's on Raw. Do I care? No. Why? Because Raw doesn't do shit for make me to make me invest in their product anyway. I would love to watch the Akira Tozawa. But since Raw is trash, I cannot. For, for my health and the sanctity and of my brain cells. Fucking sue me. See what we got here. <laughs> Damien Priest Killian Day next week. That's always great. But they diagnosed Priest with uh, some cracked ribs, and I think Killian Day is gonna have a field day with that. I just wanted to put that out there. To end the good, that was you know this week's episode of NXT. Balor Champa, man. Balor Champa, well done. Everything about that was well done. And I appreciate the fact that they did jam a ballot on Wednesday. Right after Survivor Series, hit that ground running. I enjoy that shit. I enjoyed this match. I just enjoy the fact that they actually, you know, put on a very good matchup. And and Chapa did two, two super air two air raid crashes, which is always fun. Not even a fairy tale other than that I know of. You know, Balor's first match in three years at NXT in um in three years. Fantastic. Act looked like he never left NXT. went on vacation real quick got married came back back like he was when he debuted on the main roster it was nothing clean y'all know he works out six times a week Vin Balor that's crazy I mean I mean Chamba looks fantastic but working out six days a week that's dedication to what you want to do and uh, you know have, have, have good abs like that. I can't hate on that. That's dedication to the craft. And Chompa, Chompa fucking came back from a neck injury and still putting work in. Gotta respect that. I hope they get, I hope we get this again. I hope we do. Or at least another like, if they do like a brawl or a moment, I just want to see them fight again. I do. I'm thoroughly I was thoroughly happy with this main event. I'm thoroughly happy that you know they didn't do it clean. Cause that's the right way to do it. Tampa's going after the championship. Adam Cole's not gonna have that bullshit. So what does he do? Get involved in the in Champa Balor. 
be the root cause of the fe- you know of the reason of you know the beginning of the end for Champa after he got kicked in the fuck face. Balor hits 19, 19 I believe it's nineteen eighteen. And gets the victory. Hold on, let me make sure it's nineteen eighteen because I know it is Bloody Sunday, and I I would much prefer them say Bloody Sunday, but I but you know they're trying to keep it PG friendly, you know instead of doing TV fucking fourteen like regular fucking adults because we are adults and we curse, so fuck it. I just want to make sure I'm, I'm right. Oh, they don't call it. This is bullshit. I just want to make sure it's 1918. Oh, it's 1916. Okay. I always get that wrong for some reason. But going back into Cold Champ of Valor, I love the fact that. Again, this is going to surround these three for the NXT Championship. And this is going to be the main focus for the next couple of months. Once we get Cole versus Balor, I'm going to lose my shit one. If once we get Champa Cole, I'm going to also lose my shit two. And if we do get that triple threat for the title, I'm just going to be like, okay, I'm going to lose my, I'm going to just lose my, all my oxygen, you know, before the match is over. I do enjoy this. I enjoy this feud. I enjoy what's going on. This is not the end of Balor Champa by any means. Definitely not the you know the end of Champa Cole by any means. And once Johnny Gargano comes back, it's just gonna be a fucking free fall. It's gonna be in fucking sane. And that honestly can't you know you you can't take that away from NXT. They had coming off of you know post Survivor Series week, post Takeover Survivor Series weekend. They came out fucking swinging on Wednesday night, and I know they'll go into December capitalizing on what they did last week. I know they already have their plans in place for what they want to do in December and especially January, given that it's, they're both, you know. Non paper, non takeover months, because usually we'd be getting ramped up, you know, be setting the table for takeover Houston. But since Prince, you know, Vince McMahon, Mr. President Patty, wanted to fucking you know take and actually take over off of that, because I think I still think the theory to this day that he's just getting tired of getting getting smoked by Triple H during Big Four weekends, 
And, you know, he was like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm taking it off. So now there's going to be a standalone and still be better than what they did with with what they were going to do at Royal Rumble weekend. That's facts. So now you have to take over Portland. And now we're setting now we're, we're setting the table. We're just setting the table right now, getting everything in place where the glasses need to be. The nice, you know, centerpiece or whatever. January, you know, is when we, you know, get the food prepared, getting everything set. You know, February is when we serve. And that, ladies and gentlemen, was the good. That was, you know, what I loved about NXT this week. A lot to take in. Again, there isn't much that's going to be talked about in the hate, but there's going to be a couple of important things that we'll talk about in the hate. So we're going to take a short break, listen from our sponsor, and we'll get right into what I hated about NXT. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. back with episode 138 of the Young Lions Perspective. What did I hate about NXT? I said it was only a couple things and it's true. But the whole Marvin situation that just happened over the weekend and with what Corey Graves said which a lot of people, including myself, do believe that was way out of line. Given what is going on with Morrow, of course, you know, his issues with depression and all of this. And to the people that, you know, should be saying Morrow should just, you know, man up, deal with it, you know, get back on the show. We're not going through what Morrow and all goes through on a daily basis. We're not. Ronaldo is literally one of the best, if not the best, commentator, wrestling commentators, period. Better than Michael Cole, better than JR right now. Just in a class of, of his on his own. And to go through what he goes through, to still come to NXT and, and tell a fucking story that keeps you engaged no, and I would rather literally just listen to Mauro Ronaldo do commentary than anything else in the entire world I would literally just want to sit back have a drink relax and just listen to Mauro Ronaldo commentary that could literally be a mixtape of just Mauro Ronaldo calling matches and strike force and all that shit and Corey Graves, yeah, sure, you can apologize. That's cute. All that good shit, whatever. It still doesn't take away, though, from what, you know, he did say. He said it. And I don't know if... We don't know if he was in character when it was said. We don't know. But still, it doesn't didn't need to be said. And now Corey Graves looked like a complete idiot for that shit 
so it's never it's never fun to not watch to watch NXT and not see Moro Ranala. Tom Phillips did a good job and held his and you know he used to do NXT so that you know he's very comfortable with that and you know Beth and Nigel definitely you know held their end of the bargain easily. But not to see Ronaldo, not to see Morrow on our television screens every single Wednesday or Thursday or Friday, whenever you watch the NXT, like I do. And just, it just stuck. It just really, you know tough to watch that one of the best wrestling commentator professional wrestling commentators in the business having to go through what he's going through I do hope he comes back next week if not next week the week after and I know he'll be coming back giving us wonderful displays of commentary only like only Moral Ronaldo can now we get to the dickheads on Twitter again we're not going through what Marl Ronaldo goes through on a daily basis. And I saw it on my social media, especially Twitter. No need to be dealing with stupidity. You know, just get back to your job, blah, blah, blah. All that kind of shit. Again, we don't, like, I, unfortunately, I haven't seen the documentary yet on Morrow. But I know, we know the story of what he is going through, and still comes out and does his job to the greatest of his ability. It's just, you know, it's never fun to not see Moral Ronaldo, not see more Ronaldo on the show. We just want to see NXT do well, and and, and it kind of reminds me of the whole situation that he had with um with JBL, and that being the literal reason Ronaldo went down to NXT. SmackDown's fucking loss, as usual. Man's man doesn't know how to keep his shit in check, and encouraged JBL to fuck with Ronaldo. This is, kind of, this is not on that level, but this is kind of a situation where it's kind of a fucked up situation. It's just, it kind of fucks with me a little bit when thinking about, when thinking about that and trying to, to try to find, you know, words to say about it. And for some fucking reason, I cannot connect to my Wi-Fi properly. This is really fucking retarded. Anyway, like I said, there was not a lot to hate for this episode. And I was, I was trying to find things to hate.
it's it's a little nitpick. It's a little nitpick. I don't know what they're gonna do with Mansoor, but it's not gonna be a lot. I love the story, you know, him going back to his home country and you know winning the biggest Royal Rumble ever, whatever the fuck it was, then being Cesaro. What was it? Super super let down. He won the Battle Royal and then at Crown Jewel beat Cesaro. Then goes out beat Shane Thorne. Eh. I love the story. Don't get me wrong. It's just I don't know. I don't think it's gonna really amount to much in the end for Mansoor. I don't know. I just I I don't know. I just I don't see it. It it, it doesn't click with me. I I mean I watched the match and you know he had a good performance. It's just at the end of the day. It, it don't really click with me. And, and I love the fact that, you know, they're really trying to bring up new talent, especially for their, you know, first hour and such. But it, it, it's just not, you know, it's just not resonating with me at all. Like I said, I don't know what they're going to do with Mansur going forward. Maybe Cruiserweight Division. Who knows? And, you know, we'll just see. You know, what really comes out of it in the end. Again, that was pretty much it. Yeah, like I said, this was not... This episode of NXT was just fan-fucking-tastic. This was a really, really well-done show. There's not for much for me to hate when there's so much good that came out of this episode. I'm thoroughly happy with what they did. I can't wait to see what they do next. Now that we're going into December, ending the year in proper style, I'm all for it. And you should be all for it, too. I can't wait to see now what they do for the next couple of months. Because once it hits January, we're officially on the World Report. We're just setting the table for everybody. They, they did everything right. Coming off a coming off a big four weekend. Coming off a big four weekend. With this kind of show. Shows me that they're really serious about what they're gonna be doing for the next three months. Going into 2020. I am all ready. Ready to see what they do with the next month it's going to be a crazy month it's going to be a wild month and I think it's going to be a great month to end the year on in a proper manner I can't wait to see what they do I'm going to love it I'm going to enjoy it I'm going to take it all in and that is it ladies and gentlemen for episode 138 of Young Lions Perspective again not much to hate on with this not much to hate on so what we're going to do is we're going to close out the show in proper wide LP faction and get you uh ready for episode 139 of the Young Lions Perspective. Stay tuned, we'll be right back. Well, guys. 
guys, that's going to be it for episode 130 of the Young Lions Perspective. As always, I want to thank you guys so much for taking time out of your day, your night, your afternoon, and your evening. Wherever you may be, wherever you are in the world. Thank you guys so much for taking out this episode of the podcast. And as always, I greatly, truly appreciate it. If you have any opinions or thoughts about this episode or any of the episodes that happened last week, of course, you know, the great battle that that was Survivor Series. Last week's NXT TakeOver review, last week's AEW Dynamite review, all that good stuff. Check that out. But if you want to sound off on what you thought about the show or your opinion on the world professional wrestling, do not hesitate to hit me up with a voice message. Anchor.fm slash Young Lions Perspective. Send me a voice message. Let me sound off what you thought about the show or Survivor Series, what you think is going to happen going over the next couple of months. And if I like it enough, I may just feature it on a future episode of the Young Lions Perspective. Of course. Of course. If you enjoyed this episode, do not hesitate to tell a friend to tell a friend about the Young Lions perspective. Send this episode out. Share it across all your social media. Your Facebooks, the Instagrams, the Twitters, all that good stuff. Of course, you know it's almost the end of the year. You know it's almost the end of the year. And you know that means you know, top 10 lists are about to come out. Matches of the year. I'm going to be doing my top 10 matches of the year. Honorable mentions. Who I think is tag team of the year? Who's my MVP of 2019? You you really want to you know you, you want to you want to know what I'm thinking? Who my MVP is? We got a month left to see what's going on. But of course, award season on my end from my side of things, not the wrestling podcast awards and voting. Just so you guys know, is actually closed. It was closed as of this past Monday. Don't know if you knew that. I apologize for not getting that information out to you faster. If not, you didn't check out uh. The good, the bad, the ugly that was Survivor Series weekend. Um, but yeah, of course, you know, get this out there. Share this with the people, the masses, and let the people know that the Young Lions perspective is your alternative for professional wrestling podcast and that we are here to stay. Now, if you don't have the app of the Anchor app and you still want to check out this episode of the podcast and the other 137 episodes of the Young Lions perspective, and, of course, five episodes from the Secret Files podcast and seven episodes from the Outside of the Ropes podcast. You can still find this podcast across several different platforms, including Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Pocket Casts, Radio Public, CastBox FM, Overcast, Stitcher Radio, and, of course, that good old Spotify fam. This search for the Alliance respect across all those different applications. You should have no problem finding it. What? So ever, if you want to stay up to date with everything that's going on with the Young Lions perspective, y'all know, which is everything to me as of the, you know, within the world LP universe, follow me on Twitter at Suede Senator WWI, that's S-U-E-D-E-S-E-N-A-T-O-R, capital W, capital W, capital I, I do live tweeting for AEW, SmackDown Live, which I will be doing at the end of this post, and by the time you hear this, SmackDown will probably be over anyway, every NXT TakeOver WWE and AEW live pay-per-view and if I got nothing else better to do at 2 a.m. and I have no work the next day I do sometimes on the rare occasion live tweet for New Japan Pro Wrestling as well if you want to follow me over on Instagram which is literally the mothership of everything that is YLP follow me over there at young underscore lions underscore perspective breaking any breaking news 60 second thoughts on what I'm thinking about sometimes you know with the shows all that good stuff Again, young underscore lions underscore perspective. Follow me on both of those platforms to stay up to date with everything that's going on with the Young Lions Perspective Podcast. Episode 139. 
Monday. News of the weekend. Maybe we'll get an NXT UK review. Who knows? Of course, you know, I made, you know, a secret files of podcast maybe dropped. An episode from there could happen. So you never know what's going down, but I will tell you Monday, news of the weekend, of course. Maybe an NXT review, UK review. Who knows? You never know what you're going to get with the Young Lads perspective as we go. So it's the end of the year. And it is what it is. So until at least Monday, guys, I hope you enjoy your weekend. Of course, it's Friday night. It's the beginning of the weekend. You know, it's all good. You know, enjoy your enjoy your weekend. Do drink responsibility. Let me say that again. Do drink responsibly. Words are hard. You know, and make sure you take that Lyft or Uber home. You don't want to pay that five-figure uh, sum for your DUI because you thought you were cool and you can drive home while you were kind of intoxicated. Not a good look. Nobody wants to deal with that. Trust me when I tell you, you're better off with the Uber and telling the and telling the driver to at least play some good music on the way home. Maybe if you spot him a couple bucks, maybe he'll take you to McDonald's. Who knows? <laughs> but do enjoy your weekend, guys. Enjoy it responsibly. Don't do anything weird. And if you're getting your freak on, make sure you wrap it. Okay? For my fellas out there, wrap that shit. Feel me? Okay? Good? All right. Anyway, again, guys, enjoy your weekend. May have something going on, but at least for Monday, you can expect news of the weekend without question. So until maybe Monday, enjoy the rest of your weekend. Kick ass. Do something great. And I'll see you right back here on Monday for episode 139 of The Young Lions Perspective. See ya!